0: Welcome to the Bachhash podcast, podcast. I am John and I'm here with Scott. Hi, and we are exploring the Old Testament. Is that our tagline?
1: That sounds good. Well, yeah, because you opened up your Bible and to like Romans today, and you're like, you had you to ask for forgiveness. So I was like, what are you doing in the New Testament?
0: You're, you're not my friend anymore. <laughs> I actually, uh, now this will air much later, but. Two weeks ago, I preached through James, and the whole time I was reading, like, the James commentaries and the James studies and uh, all that. And, like, going back through James, I was like, oh. <laughs> but that brother, Brother James.
1: Does he know his Old Testament?
0: Dude, there is so much. Uh, I got to preach through a section uh, in Chapter 4 where he calls uh, nonbelievers adulterers. Well, he calls believers who have turned their back on the covenant adulterers. Oh, nice. Man, that's some Old Testament prophet right there. Okay. That's some straight up. James going angry, pro- but then the guy, uh, I preached three weeks ago now. Oh my gosh! And then two weeks ago a yeah, guy preached, and then last week a guy, the guy that preached two sections after mine was like, he brought up the same points. Like, yeah, this is where James goes a little bit Old Testament here, and I was like, man, James really is a. I didn't realize that he's a Old Testament beast.
1: I knew Paul and I knew Jesus went that direction. <laughs> I didn't
0: know James went that direction, but James is I guess Jesus it makes is sense. bro, man. That's Once true. He, you know, All right, that's fair. A, Gotta fall in line with (laughs) what Big Brother (laughs) is talking about. I mean, your brother's the son of God. What are you gonna do? (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, it was um, very old testament. So you know, for those of you out there that are uh, studying along with us, like just remember, it's all cohesive. Mm -hmm. Like the the Bible doesn't change its message. It doesn't uh, shift its focus or anything like that. It stays. Consistent throughout, and the New Testament writers were not like, Oh, this is the different God. This is no, I mean, they're like, This is the same God. Mm-hmm. And, they, and they pulled a lot
1: of their material straight from the Old Testament. Yeah, so so really, uh, by understanding mm-hmm. the Old Testament, you really do get a much bigger, beautiful picture of what's being taught in the New Testament um, when, when you've had that, when you when you have the ability to kind of study and, and really dig into the OT. OT.
0: That sounds like some kind of like I don't know, like sports show, the overtime, the well O we T. We gotta
1: kinda sound cool though. Like uh, I mean we're gonna make something no, dude, we're so cool, man. Okay, dude, that's fair. Like,
0: if you if you were sitting in this room right now, you would be washed in our coolness. Oh yeah. Like just bathed in that coolness. Or I totally lied. Yeah, I was about to say, did you have I'm a drink like before like you came? What what's going on? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like a thirty seven year old man. Wearing cargo shorts. Like, there's nothing <laughs> cool about me. Yep, me <laughs> too. <laughs> I, like, my wife's like, why don't you get some non cargo shorts? I'm like, you heard I put all the stuff. I, I like all the pockets. <laughs> my wall goes in this pocket, and the, the keys in this one. If I have to carry something extra, it goes in this pocket. It's so nice. Why not would you not have cargo? P- I, I mean, right? I don't even know what life is like without cargo shorts you, you know, or like cargo well pants. Well, see, and I don't need cargo pants in the winter because I usually have a jacket or a coat. Mm-hmm. Like, extra pockets are abundant. Like, I right. just put all this stuff in there. But, but th- so I, I, I just wear jeans like any normal, you know. Okay, maybe <laughs> I'm not normal. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what? I had a job um, a couple years ago, five years ago, because it's my fifth year anniversary, my current job. Mm-hmm. Um, you couldn't wear a cargo uh, pants. Okay, I don't wear so cargo pants
1: to work, but
0: well, it's every other time, definitely. It's like I, I had to wear slacks. I had to wear dress slacks. Okay, I was an IT guy crawling around in ceilings, uh. Uh, fixing wireless access points, and I had to wear freaking dress pants. Yeah, how's that? That yeah, makes no sense. We had to wear a tie. Like, so what? what? So you're crawling around in yeah. a tie? Okay. It's like, hey, let me run this. Uh, you know, oh, I got to install two network access points. I got to run, you know, two hundred feet of network cable between them. And the whole time I'm like wearing a tie and crawling around and pulling ladders. and Oh, wow. I, we hate it. It was so dumb. So, but I whatever. I don't work there anymore.
1: So, <laughs> I like, so I'll wear dress pants and then I buy a whole bunch of the like our school shirt type things and oh I yeah. just have one for each day of the week and then a couple extra just in case you need them.
0: My, my uh, wife works for a school now, mm-hmm. and the kids get to, uh, once a month, they get to do dress-down day, but they have to wear, like, their school shirts mm-hmm. or whatever that have their names on it. Okay. I was like, man, I'd just be, like, if I was them getting, like, polos with the school. <laughs> 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 they're like, I'm their dad. I ain't paying for them. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like, if they had their own money.
1: Mm-hmm. I d- that's why so I, d- I won't. Don't wear the... I just buy a whole bunch of those school shirts, and and, and I'm good to go. And my students are like... Um, do you know your own dress code today? Or like, do you ever dress any differently? <laughs> and so they see me in real life. I put that oh in yeah. quotes. And they're like, um, it's just like, that's nothing what you look like normally. <laughs> they're like... No, it's Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. But but yeah, I wear pretty much the same thing. I, although this year I went all out. I mean, I got some green ones and some purple ones. Ooh. So not even just the black ones. So I can go on our <laughs> green and purple block days.
0: See, I, I wear whatever I want because we have no real dress code okay. at my office now. so I need to look professional. Oh, uh, The only time I have to is if I go on site to a client, and I got to do, like, I train my client. I don't sell to my, I train. And if I'm doing training and I'm teaching them, I have to wear teacher clothes. Okay. But any other time, I'd, whatever. Oh, I wish what I I I'm wearing now, I wore to work. Oh, <laughs> I so wish I could do that.
1: Yeah. It's nice. Okay. You yeah. know, you,
0: well, when you're doing the summer cornhole tournament, you can't be wearing a tie. You know? That's fair. That's you fair. You look weird out there. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> is that what right you right did here, at work you know. today? Is no, no. This has been a horrible week. We're, um, last time it was fun and easy. This time it hasn't been. Uh, we're, we're designing new software, so we get together in a group and we do what's called a sprint. So all the business people out there, you, you know what I'm talking about, everybody else. It's basically like a highly focused meeting okay. to come up with an end result. <coughs> um, the first time we did it in March, it rocked. It was so good this time, complexity has crept in oh, no. and people are getting a little bit like antsy and. We had to d- we had to burn through we had to burn through an extra half days worth of material today, which is kind of outside of what a sprint's about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it brain drained a bunch of us. Oh no! So we're all like, uh, it's yeah, that was a good note. Like I think okay. is the best way to describe it. It w- it was the and I've got what's tomorrow Thursday. Uh yeah. So tomorrow's our design day. So we came up conceptually with what we're doing and we storyboarded it and now we're actually designing it and we have to make a mock-up that. It's semi-functional for somebody to test on Friday. Okay. Oh, so wow. Th- so tomorrow's going to be even worse because it's going to be a, a bunch of competing ideas. Okay. L- like, So, man, we're going over time. I, I had an, an idea. A lot of people voted on it. And then when we started to conceptualize it, it was, like, too complex. <laughs> and almost <laughs> everything that I came up with just got thrown out today. So I'm already like, man, I don't like you guys either. <laughs> so we'll see how much of my stuff either creeps back in or gets permanently cut to the floor tomorrow okay man i was feeling so good about myself i was like the major majority vote (laughs) getter. i was like yeah i'm the man and then uh, an hour later i'm like you guys hate me and i don't like you guys either
1: (laughs) so so you should just come to work in a in an alligator Uh, outfit
0: oh maybe tomorrow okay wait
1: didn't you have a donkey outfit
0: I wore that uh for our conference, and I left it in San Diego. What'd you do that for? Because they ha- they're using it. Oh, okay. I w- d- did I ever show you the video? No. Oh, dude, I was uh, in the company's Facebook video, just being goofy. Okay, I want to see it. I I'll see, see if see I can it. find it. Cause I'm like not following them on Facebook. It's my private life, stays private. Okay, that's thing. fair. But I'll see if I can find it. It's it's gotta be easy to get. Okay. So.
1: Anyway. Right, yeah, I want to say that. All right, so anyway, yeah, I guess eight we minutes p- later. Hey, everybody,
0: welcome to the Bacch podcast. And
1: Deuteronomy. I guess you've learned by now, if you've been following us since chapter one, you probably know that you just skipped the first five or six minutes.
0: Yeah, you just use that. Well, uh, eight minutes. <laughs> 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 if you did today, you still got a few minutes to go. All right.
1: So anyway, so I guess uh, for us, it's been a while. Uh, we've had a very interesting... Oops. Set the um, microphone Sorry guys. we we had a very interesting this month, uh, so you're probably not listening to it in July. I wait, I should I shouldn't have said that day uh, that month. no,
0: no, I, by the time they get this, they will be gearing up for reformation day okay october thirty first okay <laughs> 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 or sometime around there like right. it'll be it'll be late, or next July, you'll be listening yeah, so
1: yeah. um so anyway, so uh, for you guys, it's been two weeks for us. it's been actually a while, so, um, yeah, we've had
0: a, we've had a few weeks off. we've had family drama we've had um, work travel uh, all sorts of stuff yeah. so we're finally back holidays yeah so
1: Ish, yeah, yeah so okay hey, hey everybody all right so anyway so chapter 15 um, we've been talking about um, the sabbatical year we've been talking about actually really 15 is is a good focus on the poor um, and how it is that, that we should um, give genuine or uh, give ungrudgingly. Uh, so that uh, if God has provided, then we need to make sure that, that everyone in our community is is taken care of. It is not a, um, it is, it is uh, the problem of the community. It is something that, that um, everyone should be taken care of. And God did a great job of, of really setting up um, the, the way that the Israelites uh, were supposed to live to make sure that, that everyone was taken care of, whether you were, um, an alien, whether you were that—that n- that would not be from outer space. But nice, uh, that's so <laughs> good <gonna> make jokes, <laughs> so ready to jump. Uh, whether you served in, in the, um, whether you served um, as a Levite, uh, whether you were um, those that uh, were uh, poor, uh, everyone w- was supposed to be included in a part of that community. Um, if you were seen as a a, a circumcised Jew. And so today we're going to continue that discussion um, as we get into chapter 15, verse 12 through 18ish, and then we'll probably hit 19 through 23 uh, as we get ready for Passover, and we'll kind of explain what to look forward to in the we're a few months late for that. the next couple, yeah, oh, oh, you mean or, early. <laughs> yeah or early podcast, yeah, <laughs> or I mean we're really kind of in between at that yeah. point, hmm. so. <laughs> All right, so anyway, um, I guess I'll just go ahead and read.
0: Yeah, how far are you, are you going to... I'm sorry, I was also checking levels and trying to figure out why things were making weird noise. Hey, one thing, you need to speak into the mic because I thought something else was wrong. Okay, uh, anyway, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's okay, we're good. All right. What, what were you starting
1: out with? So w- I'm going to go ahead and read chapter 15, uh, verse 12 through 18. Okay. All right. If your brother, a Hebrew man or a Hebrew woman, is sold to you, he shall serve six years, and in the seventh uh, year you shall let him go free from you. And when you let him go free from you, you shall not let him go empty-handed. You shall furnish him liberally out of your flock, out of your threshing floor, and out of your winepress. As the Lord your God has blessed you, you shall give to him. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God redeemed you. Therefore, I command you this day. But if he says to you, I will not go out from you, because he loves you and your household, since he is well off with you, then you shall take an, an all... And put it through his ear into the door, and he shall be your slave forever. And to your female slave, you shall do the same. It shall not seem hard to you when you let him go free from you, for at half the cost of a hired worker, he has served you six years. So the Lord your God will bless you and all that you do. So,
0: what do I have to do to get you to let me put an all through your ear? I,
1: when, when I looked up pictures, <laughs> 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 that, that was over there. That's um, a, that's Although know. I
0: did gauge my ears at I one like time. Yeah, would that all be kind of the
1: same thing, maybe?
0: I, I just imagine Splinters? that, like, the idea of the awl, it probably was like a, do you think it was just like a hammer? So an awl is basically like a spiked instrument. To it, it, we would probably call it, like, a hole punch today. Mm-hmm. Um, so imagine, like, a screwdriver with just a, a point at the end, um, and on the handle, they would hit the awl, I'm making the motion like people can see. Yeah, um, with a hammer to punch holes. Mm-hmm. Um, in this case, in somebody's ear. Well, well so my uh, my
1: concern is put it through his ear into the door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you needed a hard surface to, uh, you know, put that sucker in there. That's the part that you know.
0: That means you had to dig it out of the door. I mean, because
1: even if yeah. I loved uh, the the person I was serving or my master. I'm not quite, like, I might just give up just because of the all going through my ear and under the door.
0: See, I had, I, I had the the needle method, not mm-hmm. the gun. So okay. they actually took the needle, shoved it through my ear. However, the needle was not <laughs> as near as thick Ooh. as an awl would be. Mm-hmm. So that's where I'd be more like, well, it's, but I mean, like, you know, once the infection clears up, you're good, right? right. So well, and, and you might have splinter because I figured it would be Whew. wood, right? Uh, you know they had metal smithing, so oh they, okay. pri- they so all maybe. could be metal. Okay, I don't know though; it could be stone. Okay, it could. I it, well, I don't know if it could or not. but I don't, I don't know. know so could it? Because it has to be sturdy enough to punch through something else.
1: I don't know, but the smooth. I mean, I guess you could make Ooh. that sharp enough.
0: I would think that you're right. It's either probably it's probably metal or wood, but mm-hmm. I'd have to look back in my dictionary and see.
1: Because when when I pierced my ears, Ooh. I had it done with a gun, but when I gauged them. <coughs> I don't think I did it properly, but I had like a, it was like a, a long um, plastic piece that got wider as, as oh, it went so up. Oh, so you had like a telling so kind of... Yeah, so yeah. I don't know if that would be, but did you do it straight out?
0: See, when I when I gauged, I would just go get a new ring every couple weeks, and then when, when it would heal, I'd put a bigger one in. Okay. Now. But I only got up to, what did I get up to? Eight? That's
1: probably why mine hasn't closed.
0: Well, mine were eights. I, if I pressed hard enough, I could shove a, a normal ballpoint pen through it. Okay. But that usually took a little work. Okay. But, yeah, I mean, it wasn't – mine are back. I can still feel the cartilage. Okay. I mess with my daughter sometimes. I'll grab one of her earrings and throw it through my ear just <coughs> to mess with her because it makes her mad. Okay.
1: Yeah, I can definitely put a couple earrings into my ear. Yeah, I can still, I still <laughs> see light on the other side. Oh, yeah, there's the they're still pretty big. Dang. So I, I always thought they'd close. Nope.
0: Yeah, I knew a guy that Gage had to close him. He went to China to uh-huh. go do work, and he had to g- close them up, and he, his did. Oh, did they? Um, pretty well. So, I don't know. Yeah. No huh. surgery, I guess. Okay. Alright. I'm not that worried
1: about it. All right. So, that's
0: some serious dedication there. Okay. So, yeah.
1: So, you must really, really like um, the, the person you've been working with. So, wha- what do you have? You said you had some good notes and some good discussion points off of this. Yeah, more so
0: discussion points. So, thi- thi- this section is pretty cut and dry. I w- I would argue that there are some things that could be kind of like that underlying context that might not make sense, and a lot of people might want to argue slavery and bond servant and what that means. And I would say, excuse me, <coughs> I would say there's probably plenty of really good information out there as to what this is talking about. But I just had a couple of things um, that kind of came up from the c- from the commentary uh, more so. Uh, what Grisanti, I believe it was him. I've been going back to s- uh, right again, so i mm-hmm. d- I need to start designating in my notes who's who. Um, even though there are some safeguards in play, um, there's times when <coughs> you know you might not be able to trust Israel to be generous or you might not uh, you know do well with your money or things might not work out well for you. so there so even though there's like safeguards like the year of jubilee and uh, play and stuff like that, there were some like, hey, in case things really don't break your way, there are some protocols to help you get out of debt. Mm-hmm. In this case, it was selling yourself into servanthood or slavery. Um, so, you know, you you tried to pay your creditors off. You you had the year of Jubilee. Your debt was forgiven. But, you know, you found yourself right back in the same boat. Um, or you're just so, you know, deep in debt, whatever's going on, there was a way to kind of um, maybe end that cycle early and get out of uh, servanthood prior to that, and that would be to, you know, basically say, hey, I'm your servant until either I've paid back what I owe or until the year of Jubilee. And I think that the um, the difference of what we th- we would see nowadays is that I would argue a lot of people would just be like, you know what? I'm in this kind of debt, but I only have to wait six more years, and then I'm free to go. But back then, there was, like, really a a, a Brotherhood, uh, a family nature uh, uh, to getting out of debt and paying somebody back. Like the desire was not to be forgiven of your debt, but the desire was to pay back what you owed. Mm-hmm. And so there's a mechanism here in place to pay that back. Mm-hmm. So well, it was kind of like a, a reputation
1: thing, it was uh, an honor thing. I mean, it was one of those things that, that you didn't want to. Y- you wanted to make sure that you weren't in debt and that you did pay back that your debt. That that your family me- name meant something, right? Um, and, and since all of what you had was from God anyway, you wanted to um, to, to make sure that you. I'm totally brain farting on the words, but y- you wanted to make sure that that you paid your debt and and that you you and your family name were good.
0: Mm-hmm. And, uh, definitely. Um, uh, and I think it was, it, it even kind of one step past that, w- it was honoring to God to pay your debt. Mm-hmm, I absolutely. mean, it, to, to not be in debt w- or to be in debt was not what God designed man to be. Mm-hmm. It, like it, It's it's a result of the fall. It's a result of unwise decisions. It's a result of, uh, you know, we were talking earlier about medical bills. It's a result of bad things happening to good people right. or bad things happening to bad people mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever it happens to be. Um, so there are times when
1: stuff happens mm-hmm. and, and in all reality it's, it's actually kind of I- if you really look at it, it it's actually not a horrible gig either um when, when you actually think about it to, to pay off your debt in six years is, is kind of a, a, a big thing I mean if yeah. you think of our, our culture currently how many people are d- in debt almost their entire lives and that debt just gets more and more and more and more um, and, and you don't really well, get that opportunity to, to pay it off.
0: Right now, if you look at um, buying a new car, brand new, you mm-hmm. decide to go straight up. The finance options that are presented to you are six-year loans. So, uh-huh. so people now are like, oh, yeah, right off the bat, I'm going to go 72 months to pay off a car. So we're already at a point where we're, you know, we're making the debt easy to stack on and spread out over a long term because we don't really understand the repercussion of what we're taking on. Mm-hmm. And we've gotten to a point where, well, either I'm going to refinance it or I'm going to default on it or I'm going to bankrupt out of it or whatever it happens to be. We're not wise because we want stuff here now right, right. away. That's a whole – I'm in the weeds now. I, I just it just <laughs> off to a different path. But Welcome to the Dave Ramsey show. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But, you but,
1: know. but anyway, um, well, I mean, the thing is, is, is taking care of the poor, taking care of your debt, um, taking care of those servants, those people that are working for you, um, taking care of, of those that are in need um, are really the heart of what's being communicated here in 15. And, and it's doing it with an ungrudging heart. Um, it's doing it with if God has provided for you, it's doing it um, with the proper heart. Um, because, first of all, that's what God asked us to do, and, and second of all, um, th- that's what the community of God, that's what God's people were supposed to do with each other. Now, if you were outside of God's community, eh, the rules weren't <laughs> s- d- 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 quite, quite yeah. as good, but yeah. if you were part of God's community, I- it was pretty neat. And, and really, if you think about it, the send-off
0: package actually wasn't that bad actually either. Actually, the send-off package is... Uh, well actually, what I was going to hit next, one, it was enticing. <coughs> yeah. It was to encourage you not to be in slavery. Mm-hmm. Um, and second... Next time I pay off a debt, brother, I freaking want a send off <laughs> package. <laughs> you know? Like so I actually read some argued that the send the send off package would be the um this is not in scripture, but some commentators argue that the send off package mm-hmm. was your profit that you made for uh th- your slave owner okay. that went above and beyond paying back your debt. Oh wow, okay. But that's not a scriptural y- thing, but yeah, n- that's just a, a, a potential that people often thought. So if you owed the master 500 bucks I know I'm just using easy round numbers you paid that back over the time, but during that time, you actually made the master1,700 dollars, you would get back 1,200 to take with you. Mm-hmm. is what some would argue. There's no scriptural precedent that says that. It's nowhere in there. Some argue from a point of tradition. Mm-hmm. Take it what you will. But that, but that is kind of an, an interesting way to look at it, that you didn't work in vain. Yeah. You worked to kind of set yourself up and go.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, because the original reason you put yourself there most of the time was, was probably due to debt. Right. Um, and, and so you're just trying to pay off your debt. And, and I mean, here's what it says. It says, starting in chi- verse 13, chapter 15, verse 13, And when you let him go free from you, you shall not let him go empty-handed. You shall furnish him liberally. Um, out of your flock, out of your threshing floor, and out of your wine press. As the Lord your God has blessed you, you shall give to him. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God redeemed you. Therefore, I command you to do this today. So, so really, in all honesty, I mean, God had done that for us, and we are to go ahead and, and kind of do the same thing for others. Um I, I think I was, uh, as I was reading some of the things that that kind of talked a little bit about the, the send-off pa- packages, first of all, it kind of gives them a chance of, of um, economic viability. So they had the ability to, um, they were prepared to go back into the real world. They had some money. It, it didn't just pay off their debt, but it gave them an opportunity to um, potentially be successful outside of being a bond servant. Um, the theological reason, Um, you were a slave and God did the same for you. So um, we really should do the same. I mean, when when the Israelites left Egypt, they didn't leave empty-handed. I mean, the Egyptians gave them a whole lot of stuff and they left with a lot of, I mean, they left with a lot.
0: Actually, that was one of the, I have like a list of conjectures um, and I was actually put in there, um, these are things that I thought of as I was reading it. Okay. Um, Was this to signify... The, the plunder that they got when leaving Egypt and thus another mechanism put in play for them to remember like what God had done for them. Mm. So just like in word spoiler, we're going to get into some of the festivals coming oh yeah. up. The festivals were put in place many times or every time for Israel to remember what God had done for them. Um, and, you know, remembering what God did leads you into obedience, which leads you into (laughs) honoring and worshiping and glorification and living the life that God has for you, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Um, So once again, this is just another spot and place where you're remembering, hey, just like God freed us from Egypt, we have been, you know, as the slave, like you're receiving that plunder the same way. It's just another way to remember what God had done. Mm
1: -hmm. And especially when we're talking Egypt, I mean, how many times over and over and over and over again have we heard... Um, remember the God, or lest you forget the God that did... I mean, we we continually go back to Egypt and what God has continually done for his people. Um, And then from an economic perspective, I mean, you worked for six years for half the cost. Um, So, I mean, you benefited (laughs) greatly from that as well. So not only did you get the labor, but you also worked for a whole lot less. So for you being the one that's giving them this good send-off package... There's no reason that you f- should feel salty for for having to go ahead and and um, give that extra give liberally from your wine press and etc.
0: So so this probably shows the differences in our um, personality and our personal makeup. But uh, you've got a lot of uh, your viewpoint is coming from the sla- <laughs> the slave owner, <laughs> and I come back at the from the the aspect of the slave. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it's like that old question. You're in a fight, you and one other guy, uh-huh. and, uh, you know, one of the two opponents in the ring places a guy in a headlock. Okay. What do you do next? Okay, repeat that again. You're in a fight. Got it. You're in the ring. Got it. One of the two guys in the ring puts the other guy in a headlock. Okay. What do you do next? Tap out. <laughs> okay, so you just put yourself in the position of the person who got put in the headlock. Okay, huh. So your personality what I thought would dictate would be like, Well, I choke him out. Okay. <laughs> so just I- which position do you put yourself in the story depends on what your personality type is. Okay. So if you're like a CEO type or you know, you're a you know, big type A personality, you're a control freak. Uh-huh. In my situation I just put you in, you would say, Well, I choke him out. Okay. If you're more <laughs> subservient, you're a little less of a domineering kind of person, you say, I would tap out or okay. I would or I would try and get out of the headlock or whatever. You put yourself in the victim role. Okay. So, what's funny is this that I'm putting myself in the victim role, but <laughs> you put yourself <laughs> in the, <side laughs> the So, you're just kind of this mix. And okay. I'm like, oh, let's so get I went up back and, and forth. I, ju- I just ruined your whole uh, Yeah. No, no, like. I just showed you. That's kind of the. Okay. So that's very interesting. I'm putting myself. I read that, and somebody said, like, how do you. It was a business thing. It was like, how do you know if an entrepreneur is going to make it? And they, mm-hmm. put, they put that scenario out there and asked people to choose what they would do in that scenario. And the entrepreneurs that had more success were the ones that said, like, I would, you know, choke them until they tapped uh. out. <laughs> the ones that had less success were the ones like us who were like, oh, well, I'd probably tap out. Uh, try not to pass out, you know. or you know. Well, you're just going back
1: to our past Bible studies. Yeah. We used to, we used to have a Bible study. We used to have a Bible study back when we were I younger been and the victim. <laughs> in college, and we'd, we'd go ahead, and we'd we'd make each other dinner, uh, okay? And so we'd go to a different place you each time.
0: sweet. They'd make each other <laughs> dinner before the Bible study. We'd then
1: have a Bible study, and then we'd have <laughs> Fight Club. <laughs> And uh, one of our, our friends, Josh, was a part of that. And uh, we'd have Fight Club, and he Josh. he w- he didn't play. <laughs> it was one of those. He put you in a headlock, and you're either tapping out or you're passing out.
0: Yeah. If we uh, if Josh didn't show up and we had Fight Club, everybody was pretty even. It yes. was good time. <laughs> we enjoyed it. If Josh showed up, that protect was, your neck. Yeah, that's about all <laughs> you could protect anything that he could squeeze the breath out of. Right.
1: So uh, Don was actually our the the one that taught us that we needed to protect our neck because I think he was the, the first one to, to yep, go uh-huh. down.
0: It was literally like I was it was kind of a jujitsu moment where I think that like we had kind of both like toppled over.
1: That's not me. What? Is my phone ringing? Uh, I think so.
0: Hey, uh, everybody, my wife is calling and it's on my thing. So I'm going to pause you all a moment. OK, sorry about that. So I have a sick kid and I just got a phone call, which you might have heard coming through my computer, which is weird. Yeah, because your
1: phone was like <laughs> not where it was ringing.
0: I guess that's what happens when everything's in a Mac. So we're going to try and wrap up this section. So it might be a little bit of a shorter podcast. Mm -hmm. And I apologize for the interruption, but that's how it goes sometimes. And I can't control it. Thank you. (laughs) But I'm not going to edit anything out. So what we left off saying that you get a nice severance package when you leave. uh, Your master. And then we said, you know. Um, We talked about our Bible study. But uh, a couple of other points to throw in here before we kind of exit out. Um, I was also uh, reading that possibly, um, and just kind of formulating the thoughts, um, over the time that you were a slave, there's a good uh, potential that you learn how to uh, handle money and handle wealth Mm -hmm. uh, during that time. So, uh, you know, you've also are potentially kind of given a new start with a new set of like values and wisdom for handling finances and wealth. So that's kind of another uh you know, hey, you've I don't know, it's kind of like getting an inheritance from someone who's not your parents. Right. But hey, we trust you with this now. Like we, we think that you can go and sustain yourself better and you'll handle your business a little bit better. And maybe if you lost everything before and you're with absolutely nothing um, now you kind of have a chance to show, like, hey, what you've learned over the last few years and, y- you know, stuff like that. Absolutely. So that's kind of another one. Um, then I also had, uh, I know, I feel like, I, oh, well the fun has been sucked out of this because I <laughs> had <a sick> kid. <coughs> um, uh, another way could also be showing um, the uh, the echoing of the father-son relationship that we have mm-hmm. uh, with God, the way he provides for us. He's using another person to provide for Uh, You, he's, you know, divinely appointing somebody in your life that's going to uh, bestow some wealth on you and provide for you and get you set back up the same way God provides for his kids and he meets their needs. Uh, We have somebody that's providing meeting their needs. Um, Mm -hmm. And then also there's that whole, like, why should the person return right back into slavery? Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's propping them up so hopefully they won't return back into the same set of circumstances that they had just left. Mm -hmm. So hopefully they get a bit. So there's just a little bit of like some like just Mm -hmm. thoughts going through my head there. I don't think you could back up a lot of those with any other scripture, just some kind of things that kind of came around. Well, I mean, when you you
1: think when you think about it, I mean, a lot of times within I mean, people work just to get out of debt. Then once you get out of debt, something happens. Right. Or (laughs) on your process, on your way of getting out of debt. Something happens, and, and you, you it's a continuing cycle. Right. And so I, I kind of see the idea that you're talking about where this potentially gives people the ability to get out of that cycle and to hopefully be, um, d- to have the chance for to, to be successful outside of being in debt and to be successful economically and, and hopefully not have to go back into bond servanthood or, or make that a, a f- lifetime event for you.
0: So what do you what do you take from that cuz I don't I don't have a lot of notes on this um but like you know you've you decided you love your master so much that you will take <laughs> an all stick it through your ear mm-hmm. into the door like what do you like where where's that where does that sit like uh, you know and you're basically saying you're you're my provider forever. At that point, like, what do you what do you pull well, out of that?
1: Well, I think for I think one of the circumstances, and I'm not quite sure if it was in this specific part or if I read it somewhere else, um, that if you put yourself into uh, being a bond servant, and you got married after you entered the bond servanthood, and I think it might have been Exodus 21 that I actually read that where it initially discussed this situation that you would not be able to take your wife with you. So if you decided what? that you, <laughs> if you decided that you wanted to stay with your wife, then and your kids, then that might be a reason for continuing to, oh, to be I see in wha- that. I see what you're saying. So okay. that would be- I, f-
0: I thought of that in reverse. I gotcha. Uh, so yeah, um,
1: again, I it would be Exodus 21 two through eleven and I'm quickly trying to breeze through it uh, to to see if that's where I saw it Um, so pretend that there's elevator music going two through eleven
0: Hebrew slave. He shall serve six years
1: and okay. So if he comes in single, he shall go out, go out single. If he comes in married, then his wife shall go out with him. If his master gives him a wife and she bears him sons or daughters, the wife and her children shall be her masters and he shall go out alone. But if the slave plainly says, I love my master, my wife and my children, I will not go out free. Then this master shall bring him to God and he shall bring him to the door or the doorpost, and his master shall bore his ear through with an awl, and he shall be his slave forever. So uh, I'm I'm assuming that one of the reasons that you might choose to make that decision is originally when this command or this law was put into place in Exodus 21, um, it discusses what would happen if you came in single or if you came in married. So that might be one reason to stay i mean if, if i if i got married had some kids and 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 had a wife well i'd probably stay i mean to me that that's a g- right. good reason to stay
0: Yeah, so we just kind of get potentially a truncated uh version here mm-hmm. because moses would be assuming that his hearers are already, already had already know this. access or yet already known
1: gotcha N- now the good part though about this is um sorry i'm turning back to deuteronomy that's the big bookmark thing's for. Um, Yeah, for some odd reason, I pulled my big bookmark thing out. Um, so if you look at verse 17, and to your female slave you shall do the same, this is actually a big deal because the female did slave did not have the same opportunity in Exodus 21. So they kind of actually expand uh, the law into uh, making it um, an opportunity not just for the male, but also for the female.
0: So a uh, quick question is somebody who did not obviously do his research. Was Exodus 21 potentially the rule while in the wilderness, while Deuteronomy is the rule in the promised land? Because we've seen some shifts, ba- and we'll talk about that with Passover a little bit as well, some shifts in the uh, the law based on location.
1: Yes. So Exodus 21 actually happens right after the Ten Commandments um, in Exodus 20. So we are still Mm -hmm. talking about probably Mount Sinai type stuff going on right here. So
0: so what I'm saying, and I'm not trying to, because I know this is where a lot of people start getting hung up. um, A lot of the law was given uh, during their time of uh, wandering. So they leave Egypt, the Israelites leave Egypt, and the law was given to them. And as you see here, and like we'll really get into once again with Passover and some of the feasts, um, the rules, not the rules, that sounds like kind of weird, the, the law expands or shifts based on the locality. So before they're wandering, they don't have a home. They're kind of the uh, hermit kingdom or they're vagabonds or whatever you want to call it, uh, wanderers. Um, and once they get a permanent home, things change. So it's the same thing like if you're a renter and like, you know, you you might be renting an apartment from somebody, you probably aren't going to be able to go out and do the landscaping. Mm -hmm. Like, you can't say, hey, we're going to put some flowers here, we're going to cut this tree down, because you don't own the place. However, once you buy a house, the Mm -hmm. rules expand to allow you to do your own landscaping. Mm -hmm. So we see some somewhat of a potential change here? Potential, well, see, I don't know, Mm because
1: if you think about it, they're kind of in the same place. So right here in Exodus 20, they're getting they ready to enter the land. Right, they're just getting ready to enter the land. But yeah. in Deuteronomy 15, where we're at, they're just getting ready to enter the land for for the real time. <laughs> the last time they were supposed to, they screwed it up. It didn't happen. Uh, I don't I don't know, but this one is a more concise version of it. Right. So you get the well, this is this is a kind bit of a more renewal,
0: and this is a bit more eminent too. Yeah. They're at the border. That's true. I mean, wa- that's what I was wondering. Like I said, once again, we'll get could once it w- c- The word of the day is conjecture, okay? Mm-hmm. So I, I'm just wondering if maybe they expanded it to the female slave mm-hmm. being able to go free, uh, potentially due to getting a permanent residence. Right, right. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, just I a question. I don't that's know. why I didn't know if maybe so you had n- a... No, I actually, I don't.
1: Okay. I'm, I'm actually processing it as you bring that up, because okay. I, d- I don't know. Well, there's some um, there's
0: a little bit of a difference in how <laughs> Passover is conducted well, cause, uh, once they get into the land as well.
1: Actually, for the most part, though so Exodus 12 and 13
0: which we'll get into next week. Well, for one there's no he's not having them do a sacrifice at the I don't want to spoil. He's not having them do the sacrifice at the tabernacle. He's having them do a sacrifice at the place he chooses to dwell. Right. I, I mean and then some argue that there's a difference in the preparation of the food. So so when we get the original command for
1: Passover, it's on site. So mm-hmm. basically they are going through the Passover as the original Festival and command is set up. There are then multiple. There are then multiple scriptures that are not in as deep of detail, but are reminders of what was set <coughs> up in chapter thirteen and fourteen or twelve and thirteen of Exodus. Right. So they don't really get any new
0: details regarding Passover. But but things that disappear putting blood on the doorposts. Well, that, yes, that. Uh, you but know, but the, the preparation of the goat, what yeah. happens after Pat. That's what I mean. Once they get into the permaland. But, but really, oh actually, in 12 and 13, they give both instances.
1: So yeah. in Chapter 12, they give you uh, on-site details mm-hmm. as it's happening. Here's what you're doing. And then Chapter 13 says here's what you're going to do in the future. Right. So they do both right there. And then the three or four scriptures that they hit for both the Feast of Unleavened Bread and Passover, Mm -hmm. they are actually just reminders of what was already put into place in 12 and 13. So they don't really give any new details. Now, you do have... There's some shifts that... Well, I don't want to get... Because that'll be be the next one. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. so anyway. So we're going to get into Passover in the next couple weeks, actually. But um, yeah, they do discuss Passover and other... But I think those change... I don't know if those are necessarily commands in the Torah... But those are things that change according to... Tradition. ...situations. And and yeah.
0: and Not not God's law, but law of the right. land. Right, right. What the, the Hebrews would be allowed to and not be allowed to do under certain rulers and... Right. All that. Right. So, so anyway, yeah. all right. Yeah, so we're going to wrap up a little bit earlier. I thought we'd get 19 through the end, um, but... But that fits I've really good within Passover anyway, so... Maybe we'll include it.
1: Yeah. So I think the okay. next... So if you are, we're going to do things a little bit different-ish. We're going to be getting into the festivals, which is uh, Deuteronomy 16. We're going to go into a little bit more detail, especially with Passover, which has um, great Old Testament and New Testament connections. Um, We're going to discuss both of those and how they fit within Deuteronomy 16. Um, We're also going to hit the Feast of Weeks, which um, also can be known as Pentecost. And we're going to also talk about the Feast of Booths, which... I'm not studied up to that point yet, so we'll all find out together.
0: Dr. Lori, I D- bet you she knows, t- I'll have to see if I can get a hold of her. Okay. But anyway, yeah, so we're going to do some special stuff with that. We're going to do kind of twice the podcast. <coughs> One will be going through the scripture, and then one's going to be diving deeper into the festival itself. Yep. So you have those coming up, and we'll probably release those very close together as opposed to every bi weekly that we mm-hmm. do now. Um, so look forward to that. Um, Other than that, once again, sorry, guys, I got to cut this one a little short. I got to get home and help take care of a sick kid. So, bye. Bye.